Do you like listening to stories about serial killers? Unsolved mysteries? How about a cult or two? And what about those lesser known serial killers? Or how about the legend of a cryptid that will surely keep you up at night? And I know you'll love a good conspiracy theory because who doesn't? Join me, Kayla, as my co-host Lexi and I tell you stories that will keep you coming back for more on our show, A Little Wicked. You can find A Little Wicked on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Check out our website, alittlewickedpodcast.webador.com, and our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all under, you guessed it, A Little Wicked. We can't wait to tell you our stories. Scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. I'm Drew Botno. And you're? I'm Shaughnessy Parker. Yes, and welcome to Open Shutters. And this is a really exciting show. You know why? Because we have two new family members here. Hello. We're going to introduce <laughs> each one of you guys. And I'm going to start with, let's do ladies first. Of course. Uh, this lady, I have been a fan of hers for a long time. I remember her podcast, Don't Look Under the Bed. And it was so good. And I was so upset when you stopped doing it. That I know, really me too. Upset. <laughs> but then again, I'm glad she did because now she's with us. Shaughnessy Barker. Hey, Shaughnessy, tell us a little something about yourself. So as you can probably tell, I sound different from the gentleman because I am recording from up in Canada. Um, I live in British Columbia. Uh, it's cold, Yay. but it's beautiful here. Um, so... I'm recording over Zoom, and let's hope it works. Um, well, a lot of people say my accent sounds kind of Jersey because I used to live in Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> um, I don't my think I have an accent. Me all the time, and I talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I have a Canadian accent. I've been told I do, but we'll see if you can pick it out. You don't. Um, you and don't a, you don't sound like Sarah Palin. I don't sound like Sarah Palin. That's good. Um, and yeah, I went to school for communications, so I feel like I'm pretty good at talking. Um, I'm part of the queer community, which is super fun. And I feel like that's a whole, everybody. We all are. We all are. We have two gay men, an old gay man here and a young gay man here. And we have, I don't know what Philip is. I'm a non-binary bitch. He's a non-binary bitch. The pronoun he likes is that bitch. That beach, yeah. I I also prefer to go by they, them, but honestly, anything flies because nothing offends me in that regard. Um, I'm just a bad bitch, too, just like Philip. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, we're going to introduce our next family member, Mr. Drew Fontenot, who is a very much of a mood, classic movie expert. Yeah, my name is Drew. You can just call me Drew, period. Drew, period. <laughs> um, I love Taylor Swift, Mariah Carey, and classic films. And <laughs> um, 
Um, I'm kind of all over. I was um, born in Lake Charles, lived in Arkansas for 10 years. My dad is a pastor. Uh, it's a long story. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I'm a classic film nerd, so... Yeah, yeah. And it, that's perfect because I'm a classic film nerd too. And so he and I always have a lot to talk yeah. about. Amazing. So, um, what are we talking about? Are we, we going to mention what we've been watching on television? Well, first, let's mention we do want to mention one movie that we went and saw this weekend with my partner Jim. Drew was with us. It was The Cursed. It was so good. So good. I want to see that. It was. It was um, a very well-written horror film, and the pacing of it, and the camera angles, and the shots were haunting, and that's kind of cliche. And we don't want to give any spoilers, but the topic it involved, it was an extremely intriguing take on it. Yeah, so good. Well, that sounds like, you know know what, my much younger partner is forcing me, but it's not forcing me too hard, because I actually love it. I've been watching Devious Maids. I've never seen it before. And it's just like Desperate Housewives about maids. <laughs> and Susan Lucci is in it. How could you go wrong with Susan Lucci in a, in a soap opera? You know, really? That's, that's perfect. That's God. What, what, what are you watching? Um, I just watched the other night a true crime thriller um, called Ooh. The Clove Hitch Killer. And it's like kind of... Ooh inspired by the btk killer um i loved it i got a friend to watch it and she texted me the next day and said that was the stupidest movie i've ever fucking seen so (laughs) the reviews are split on it but i thought it was incredible oh i've seen it it is incredible yeah don't 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 go by what critics say one orphan (laughs) is one of my favorite movies so you know Mm. so um Drew, you want to mention what we've been watching on television? Me and so, you? me and Philip, I'm actually like jobless right now, so I have plenty of time to watch good TV. We've been watching Yellow Jackets on Showtime with Christina Ritchie, who is our favorite character. Her name is Misty Quigley. It is <laughs> Misty Quigley. It's a dark, That's a, quite a it's name. It's a dark thriller comedy slash comedy. It is so funny scary gross all the good things rolled into one show <laughs> but it has affected our personal life to where when we go shopping and we're out and about and we see something that we think that misty quigley would wear or have we're like that is so that is misty, misty quigley right is that kind of like the night i was closing up the store and i kept on hearing the halloween music because i had seen halloween kills the night before <laughs> and <I> thought, <laughs> similar but i think we've become more obsessed well, unfortunately, I am not um, jobless. I work in an adult video and smut shop. We, we sell dildos and vibrators and poppers and porn. And we have, and for the perverts to come in, we have a theater and an arcade. You texted and me the other night. And we, told uh, me we meet your adult needs. <laughs> you texted me the other night and told me, like, if I need to close up, I'm just gonna kick these people out of the theater. And I was like, excuse me, you work in a sex shop. What do you mean theater? Because up here that does not exist. <laughs> well, I, my boss is one of our fans. Oh my god. So we gotta watch what we say about closing up. <laughs> I'm very fast. No, I was talking about we close at eleven. I was talking about the closing time. Hundred percent. Yeah. Looked like they weren't gonna leave, but they did anyway. 
No, oh, but that, that goes in the store early. Don't worry. <laughs> that doesn't exist up here, though. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe I do need to go back to New Orleans. Well, we have a, we have the screen. We have a theater. And it's actually two rooms with a big screen TV and, and a couch. And one of them plays straight films. And one of them plays male on male films. You don't say gay films. You say male on male. That's the PC woke way of saying it. And then we have the booths with the non, the, the room with the nine booths of arcade. And it's very, very state of the art because you choose whichever one you want. You can choose, you know, uh, what is it like straight, gay, bisexual, and trans. And then there's subgenres like in the gay one, there's like bears, and then there's twinks, and then there's <laughs> twinks with bears. And that's one he'll like, twinks with bears. Because <laughs> Andrew's in the bears, you know. <laughs> well, older men. Really, I, I do partake of the older men. Yes, <laughs> the older persuasion. The older. If we older. weren't friends, he would be all over me. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? He doesn't want all. No, that's so stupid. <laughs> so we, we, we got. Well, you ain't, you have some obits for us. Yes, I people, do. I only have four obits today, well, that, and that's we're a gonna talk. Week. And one of them's local. You're gonna be learning a little bit about our local. Uh, but that's going to go last. So the first one I want to talk to you about is going to mean a lot to baby boomers. His name was Gary Brooker. And he sang that song, A Whiter Shade of Pale. You know that song? Yeah. A Whiter Shade of Pale. And uh, he, um, he, he died at the age of 76. And he wrote the 1967 classic, which became to define the summer of love. And he lost his battle with cancer on Saturday. Uh, one of his uh, friends said uh, that um, he lit up any room he entered and his kindness to a multilingual family of fans was legendary. And he's also notable for his individuality, integrity, and occasional stubborn eccentricity. And he had wit and an appetite for the ridiculous that made him a pri priceless storyteller. So rest in peace. This is his picture. See, can you see him? Yeah. Oh, oh we have a, wait, wait. kind of a sexy mustache. Yeah. So rest in peace, Gary Brooker. Okay, our next one. This, this one's kind of sad. Uh, you know who Lindsay Perlman? No, I don't know she that played, name. She's a she was on this TV show Empire, and she played Maggie the bartender in General Hospital. She was found dead in her automobile at the oh. age of yeah. And um, police wow. department in a statement shared their website and final play may be around 8.30 a.m. in Hollywood. They found her in her car at the, at the corner of Franklin Avenue and North Sierra Bonita Avenue. Wait, you you just can't leave so they from, think, from, they from think LA. She you know that been, area? Yeah. They think she may have been like slaughtered or murdered or something. Uh, the cause of death is still not known. Oh, wow. So we may end up. <laughs> so then we may, this may be a case we may end up um, covering. Wow. And uh, her cousin confirmed uh, Friday after sharing that mm. the family was offering a reward for any information mm. leading to her whereabouts when she was missing. And they reported that her body was found. This is pretty sad. She was only 43. Yeah. Now, this one is, any fan, any creeps through this one, this one is uh, Ivan Reitman produced Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. And he died at the age of 75. He was an influential filmmaker and producer behind many of the most beloved comedies of the late 20th century, including Animal House and Ghostbusters. And uh, he died peacefully in his sleep Saturday night. 
his home in Monticello, California, and his family told the Associated Press. That is like one of the most beloved movies of my childhood. The Ghostbusters, you know, all the, uh, yeah, and, 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 you know, all the millennials and the Generation Zs and the Generation X and even the baby boomers all remember Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, don't you just love Ghostbusters? Who are you going to call? <laughs> Who doesn't love Ghostbusters? You want to hear probably the worst confession I'll ever make? Okay. Um, I am, I'm generation, up here we say Generation Z, because Canadian, um, but I'm, I'm in that era where I should have been super into Ghostbusters. Um, I have never seen it. Oh. I know, <laughs> I know, but I know everything about it. You just lost creeps to points. I, I have a confession too. I've never seen Ghostbusters either. And because my dad is a pastor. So I was oh, okay. oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. understandable. Well, I will forgive you, Shaughnessy, because maybe it wasn't that available in Canada. Okay. <laughs> I will admit and, something. And I'll forgive I'll forgive Drew because we know his upbringing was not easy. Wait, if you thought Ghostbusters was bad, he wasn't allowed to watch things like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff he was not allowed allowed to watch that's why he's he so couldn't even watch wizard of oz because there was wow. a witch in it yeah. so i know i know i know they they, they had a, a church that was trying to get it taken out of the schools because there was a good witch in it <laughs> see for me the reason i never really saw like the more kid-like um you know like ghostbusters and i've never seen um what's the one with the three witches and and they just remade it with anne hathaway uh, uh the witches is, is it just called the witches? Are you talking about Hocus Pocus? Hocus Pocus, thank you. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the witches, yeah. the one that Angelica Houston was in. Yeah. I don't know oh, what I'm talking about. about. Bette Midler. Bette Midler, yeah. No, 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 no. She's talking. Yeah, she, 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 no, she's talking about Hocus Pocus. She's in Bette no, Midler. No, she's in Anne Hathaway though, which that was the witches. Oh, well, and that was Angelica Houston. Actually, yeah, that's a different movie. <laughs> I haven't seen either, but you know the reason is because when it, like I started out, I think when I was seven, I watched The Shining for the first time. So I just like oh, I didn't I dip didn't my see, toes. I just went full in. I didn't see Hocus Pocus till a year ago when they were doing a retro of it at the movie theater. Mm. So, <laughs> and I got another thing that when it comes to Ghostbusters, I thought both Ghostbusters Afterlife sucked. I hated it. <laughs> so, I guess no, I'll lose some creepy points, too. <laughs> okay, our last old bit is local. It's a, a Praline company owner named Loretta Harrison. You know what Pralines are, huh? You ever heard of those? It's a New Orleans candy. Yeah, I thought it was called Pralines, but yes, I know exactly. No. We, we actually say it down here, Praline. Pralines. That's okay. how we say it here. Now, some people say Pralines, but we say Pralines. And uh, Loretta, she owns a, the, the biggest... Uh, Praline, now you see, you got <laughs> the biggest praline uh, uh, company in the city called Loretta's Authentic Pralines. And she was the first African American woman to successfully own and operate her own praline company for over 35 years. And her praline stores are all over the French Quarter, and some of them are even in places, other, other neighborhoods. Well, I remember, just since you're bringing it up, I remember I, when. Wow, a long time ago, when just said it was the best living situation. I was living in the Marini, and she had one of the most interesting little shops on a corner, like not just down the street, like a half a block yeah. from where I was living. And I went in. I know the one you're talking about. And yeah, went, it's yeah, right down the street. It's not far yeah. from um, well, Max 940 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That one, I went in one time about Parlay, and that was the first time I ever really got a Loretta's from a Loretta's shop, not from a different store that was 
just vending them. It was from her actual store. Oh my gosh, to eat one that is fairly fresh, it was amazing. I, what they basically are there? Sugar, vanilla, or uh, pecans. Sugar, vanilla, pecans, and, and cream. Yeah, That's I don't need any of them now, though. And they cook this up, <laughs> and they put it on parchment paper, and it hardens into candy. Yeah. It's not the most appetizing-looking thing, huh? Doesn't it kind of look like fake? Oh, but it tastes amazing, and it will put you into diabetic shock. So yes, I yeah, yeah. So if you have, if you have any any sugar issues, only eat one, maybe half of them. Yeah. You know what? I was just while you were talking, I looked it up because I was lucky enough uh, for spring Wait break. Spring break. Uh, sorry. Um, I was lucky enough for spring break when I was fourteen. My mom took me to New Orleans and we got to adventure oh. around and I'm pretty sure I went there with her because we looked like we looked at like the most iconic things to do um in New Orleans and we went yeah there. Uh, you probably had the beignets and the yep. cafe au lait I'm sure yeah that's <laughs> that's gotten to be a cliche actually oh so uh, yeah, so that's it with the obits. Yes. And, and now it's time for Drew for his segment. To let the people know what what your segment is. You're going to be doing on on every episode, and then get, get into this week. Oh, he's just sure. beaming here that he gets so, to do his segment. <laughs> so my segment is called "Chilling with Drew." Chilling with Drew. Get that? Okay, <laughs> it's kind of corny. But <laughs> <laughs> So it's very creepster. Right. So um, each week I'm going to do like a classic film, noir, uh, Hitchcock, or something, um, you know, that's pretty much creepier about some very grotesque, um, yeah, individuals who do really bad things. So I picked kind of like a true crime case. Right. <laughs> so I picked 1945's Leave Her to Heaven with Gene Tierney, Cornell Wilde, and Gene Crane, and the incredible Vincent Price, who is known for his horror films in the golden age of Hollywood. Yes, and our opening, I do his laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so Leave Her to Heaven is really about a young socialite who falls in love with a stranger on a train. Cornell Wilde, who is played by Cornell Wilde, and he just fall. it's pretty much love at first sight, but this lady is, in other words, a psychopath, and um, she, he brings her back to their lovely house in Maine, or his lovely house in Maine, and she is just um, determined that no one can stand in their way of their love. No one can stand between her and her husband. It doesn't matter if it is the mother, the brother, the cousin, no one can stand in their way. She's- Including her own sister. Including her, <laughs> including her own sister and her own unborn child. So there, Jean Tierney at this time just had a year before she made an incredible film noir named Laura and I 1944 and I recommend seeing that it's just wonderful a wonderful piece of work but she just had a baby that had was severely brain damaged and she channeled that pain in this role and the craziness and she really in real life did go to uh, go crazy she had to go to uh, an asylum. They did shock therapy on her when they did that back in the day. So she really did go crazy. So this role for her was 
need I say perfect. And she she was a beautiful woman. And she was gorgeous. She had these beautiful like the like ice blue eyes. Ice blue eyes, yeah. And there's this scene um, in um, the the character um, played by Cornell Wilde. He has a brother who's really sickly, and she persuades the little brother to get into the lake for a swim. And it is one of the most terrifying, haunting scenes in all of film. Even today, there's no film score. So it's literally just acting. And the boy ends up drowning, and she just watches him drown. And because she's jealous that the little brother is getting in the way of her husband's affection toward her. Like, she's jealous. So it is amazing and it will put chills down your spine i even showed it to philip that scene and he was just looking at it like uh, this bitch right I've here seen this movie. <laughs> i've face, seen this movie i know this film oh. but you know uh actually they remade this in the 80s with lonnie anderson patrick duffy and in that one the the blue brother is his son and actually you know they got the son, the most perky, sunny actress they could play to play this, uh, this sociopath. And she actually was pretty good. She didn't, she didn't really hold a candle to Jean Tierney. Jean Tierney was really, but At all. this one was, but but she was, you got to give her her props yeah. on her. She was good too. And even at this time, you know, there was a film code. So they had to really tame the script down because it was originally a book. Yeah. And, but it's still terrifying. And there's a scene where she, is having a baby and she kills she throws herself down the steps because all the husband can talk about is how he's excited for this baby and she will not let this even her unborn child get in the way of her love she she probably would have killed her born child too yeah so i highly recommend it leave her to heaven gene tyranny cornell wilde gene crane and vincent price it is an amazing yeah Creepy film. <laughs> wow, that sounds that sounds great. I've seen it before. It's it, it's a great That's film. Good. You see, a lot of younger people need to start rediscovering some of these older yes, movies. Don't worry, it's in color, so you can watch. Because <laughs> that's another problem that a lot of young people that have with the older films that is that they're in, they're not in color. This movie actually is some in color. dazzling images. Dazzling images on a huge silver screen. In the words of Nicole Kidman. Yeah. <laughs> at AMC. At AMC. <laughs> at a, at AMC. Oh, yeah, she does that little teaser at the beginning of the movie. We're, we're so getting annoyed at that. It's like we just get every time we go to the movies now. But anyhow, you know what time it is. I know. Guess what time it is, Shaughnessy. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. Oh, Philip's so sublime. It's horoscope time. Philip Landry is the one. He makes horoscopes so much fun. Okay, no, okay. we allowed too many verses there. All right, yeah, too well, many verses. Well, since this is the lead up to Mardi Gras weekend, we thought we'd do a little something special. You know, the parades are rolling. Yes. So this is as the, we speak. This is the Throw Me Something Mister Edition. But you might not be so glad to see what throw you get. Oh Lord, what do we get? Okay, where you so start? So let's start off with. Um, Shaughnessy's sign, as always, Aries. Oh, God, what's happening to poor Shaughnessy? She's going to get thrown <laughs> an iron skeleton key so she can unlock all the secrets from her closet. Oh, how many secrets are in that closet? Way too many to count. 
<laughs> Actually, it might be interesting to see the secrets. I think I'd be interested in seeing them secrets. <laughs> I got, I got a few. Mine go back many decades too. So, <laughs> but I'm not Aries, so. Well, Tauruses, they have to worry about being pelted by radioactive space rocks from the float. Oh my God, that's yeah. horrible. I guess that's like a meteor shower, but. That's Barbara Streisand and Cher are gonna get pelted by meteor rocks. <laughs> and they're radioactive, so. And radioactive? Yeah. Could you see Cher being glowing radioactive? That's yes. what they're getting. I didn't say these. Yeah, words. actually, I could see that. <laughs> like I've always said, this is fucking horoscope, okay? Okay. And I, and then since I have been gone for a little while with all my illnesses, I'm coming back with a vengeance. So the next one's our Roz. Um, oh, it hasn't Roz. really worked as our Roz in a while. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's might be why I gave him this. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Gemini, y'all are gonna get thrown rotten, maggot-infested blueberries. Ew. Like they deserve, honestly. Well, yeah, actually, you know, he could stand to lose a little weight. Maybe those maggots inside, they'll eat some of the fat away. They'll get rid of the blueberry muffins. Yeah. Oh, no, you know what? You know what? I, a couple months ago, like two months ago, hooked up with a guy and I was like, maybe I'll give Gemini's a chance. Like, maybe I'll do it. We were having a wonderful time. And then the next day he ghosts me, a week later says, I can no longer talk to you. So you know what? Gemini's are dead to me for now. Somebody needs to prove me wrong, but. Well, you know, it's so, so funny. So those maggots from the blueberries can eat his insides out. It's so <laughs> funny because uh, Will, that's the one we call our Roz because he used to do all the kinds of technical work for us. His sister Ashley could be your twin sister. She looks just like you. I think you've told me that. I think I showed you her picture, didn't I? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you know who that brings us to now? Who? You. Me. <laughs> oh, God. I hate having a sign that's named after a dreaded disease. I'm not sure who has it out for you, but they're from the floats, they're throwing voodoo doppelgangers. Voodoo doll doppelgangers. Well, I like voodoo dolls. It's a voodoo doll that looks like yourself. With pins As already in dolls that they use to kill me? I'm not saying whether they're killing you, but somebody has it out for you. Oh, yeah, you, because you made this up. No, I'm <laughs> just the messenger on that one. You're just the messenger. On that uh, one. On that one. Yeah. <laughs> maybe those ashes sitting in my house. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe so. Well, next is Leo. Oh, Curtis, one of my roommates. So they're going to get thrown a vinyl record of the best hits of the Banshee. Uh, the Banshee. So it's either what coming for them or their loved it's ones. It's not a real band. No, it's not a band. It's just the hits of the Banshee. So it's just screaming it's just and, something you just screeching it's and just wailing. Screaming and screaming. Yeah, on a it's record. a whole album of just that. <laughs> like a scratch record. In other words, like an Anita. But much louder. Like an Anita Baker Much song, more piercing. Just screaming and screeching. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're coming for your soul in the middle of the night. Oh, I say that I know drag queens all over the all over the world are probably you know throwing me the voodoo doll now. Because all you gotta do is tell the drag queen Anita Baker's tired. They're like, ah! <laughs> of course, when Whitney Houston died, I never saw so many drag queens cry since Max Factor stopped making pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, up next, I guess I guess since the storm clouds are rolling in for the sun, I guess this is maybe a thoughtful throw, but then again, maybe not. Virgos, 
Oh, y'all that's my. Gonna, that was my dad. Too. Y'all are and gonna that's, get. That's Drew. Y'all are gonna get thrown an umbrella full of holes. Well, I hope they're oh. not twitching. <laughs> oh, the twitching holes. You want to say anything about twitching holes? Oh, uh, there, there uh, are. There are twitching holes all over my store in the theater. Because the twitching hole was was a Virgo as well, right? The twitching hole. That the t- my ex was a Virgo, so. And apparently he's moved to the Pacific and, Northwest, so he could use an umbrella, but there's going to be no hope for him. And there was yeah. a twitching hole involved there somewhere. All <laughs> of my exes are Virgos. And a, and, and a couple of STDs. My dad was a Virgo, oh, so. Oh, the truth is revealed. And my dad was a Virgo, and he was a. A number one doofus. So yeah, we, we don't like Virgos. Oh, Jennifer was a Virgo. My cousin whose ashes we just picked up. And she was nuts. But don't let the ashes get wet. Why would the ashes what you think I'm I don't know. Them? I don't know. You think happen. I'm gonna put them in the toilet or something? Hey. Or leave them out in the rain. I don't know. <laughs> I thought about rain? going to the car wash and having the the, the um Used in the vacuum. There. Well, a lot, of people, like, a lot of people like to flush things down the toilet. No, actually, we're gonna we're gonna scatter her at, at Shell Beach. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, actually, nice. Well, are you gonna come? I, if it's yeah, make it available. To oh, me. yeah, sure. Yeah, let me know ever. Completely okay. put them on the spot. Yeah, I asked him right on the show if he's coming to my cousin's. Scatter. I should, unless something comes up or I'm. Coming. I know your your last experiences with the Warren exam. Exactly positive, but evil mind. So I, I I understand now with what she was going through. I, I yeah, she's mental illness. I've got forgiveness in heart. Some things are not easy sometimes. And with okay. physical ailments, causing yeah. it's not easy. And so who's next? Libra. My mom. My mom was Libra. But I don't know if you really want to say that for what I'm putting on the throat. You really want to say this is your mom? No, no, no. I mean, because Libras are getting nail spiked dildos. Oh, we sell those at the store. <laughs> Oh, well, give the commercial. Tell them about the store then. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I already did one pr- plug of it. Oh, plug it again. Romeo and Juliet's Everything Adult, adult 5608 TV, New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> come and see us if you're here. I honestly can't come and see us because you'd have to get in a plane and come to New Orleans and all that kind of stuff. And they can purchase a nail Don't tempt spike me. dildo. And you can purchase a nail spike dildo. That <laughs> would. I have a few X's I'd like to give that to. Anyway. Yeah, me too. Well, next is my son, and I'm not being nice at all. Oh, you're not being nice to you. I have been through hell and back this last several weeks. So all the other Scorpios, I'm making sure they're getting what I've had to deal with. So we're all getting thrown shitty diapers. <laughs> Ew! Because <laughs> life is fucking shitty at times. It's a shitty, gross <laughs> diaper. Oh. You know what? Some of those Scorpios I've known and the fucking shit that they're into, they might enjoy it. True. You never know. I'm not. I'm a little OCD, but yeah. I do know some Scorpios. <laughs> she is correct on that. Well, this is one cancer that wouldn't enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, next is my partner. I don't know. Well, I guess I am throwing shade with this one. Sagittarius. shade at that man every week. I love my man, though. I do love my man. Yeah, well, what you going to have happening to him now? We're like an old married couple. Well, we've been for gay years. We probably are. It's probably like it's we're going on 15 years. Oh, that's a long term relationship. So that's almost like 150, 200 years. And this is like you in a relationship with somebody together for two months. They're old married couple. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So anyhow, Sagittarius, y'all are getting rancid moon pies. Oh. Are you familiar with what a moon pie is, Shaughnessy? They have moon pies. I feel like I've heard of that. It's okay. those big cookies, and they have a marshmallow in the beginning. It's two like 
graham crackers. I think graham crackers has mm. a marshmallow in between. It's almost like a big old giant s'mores. And okay. they pour chocolate fudge on top of it. They made in Oklahoma or is it Kentucky? Uh, they have different flavors. You know, we can do it. Yeah, they have like the banana, the chocolate, yeah. the vanilla. The vanilla, yeah. But they, 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 have one, one, just the one. they have an orange one. I've yeah. never had I'm an orange one. I'm going to tell you right now where they, where they made. Uh, they often do throw the banana. Like Ash and Elaine, I like to go. <laughs> See, I don't so, like yeah, marshmallows. So I don't know. Well, I'm finding out right now. I yeah, we grew up with this being down here with the parades. They actually do throw moon pies. But of course, these aren't going to be good ones. Okay, Wikipedia. We're looking at it. Can I move along to Capricorn? Yeah. Okay. While he's looking at it, we're going to move along to Capricorn. That's your, your, uh, whatever. Pot. <laughs> oh, you're just calling it your whatever now? Okay. That's what he is. Just whatever. So this is like Lance. Lance. They, uh, actually, I think they must be having a pretty good week considering Capricorns would probably like this. The people on the floats are going to throw them a possessed baby with the bathwater. He is a possessed baby. Well, he's going to be throwing a possessed baby. <laughs> so they're actually, yeah, they're throwing the baby. Have you ever seen? Yeah, have you ever seen when he gets made? I call him Axel because he acts just like <laughs> Axel from the middle. He does. And one day he was ranting and raving about something. And the middle happened to be <gasps> on TV, and Axel was ranting and raving at the same time. And Lance and Axel were almost verbatim. Oh no, you don't. So I said to put it on silent. It's Western Union calling me. Oh, good. Well, yeah, turn, definitely turn that off. <laughs> it's Somebody's okay. trying to get money from you. So, anyhow. Anyhow, next we have Aquarius. We That's have Harry Styles' sign. Huh? That's Harry Styles' sign. Oh, oh, is that your is that is that your secret crush? My, no, my future husband, uh, uh formerly oh, one husband? direction. Yeah, yeah formerly of one direction. I'm wearing his merch right now. Uh, I don't know if I should say what this throw is because the throw might be her fault. Oh. Aquarius, y'all are going to get a message in a bottle from your stalker. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and now we know who the stalker is. It's Shaughnessy Parker. Oh, uh, Parker the stalker. So Harry, 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 <laughs> stalker. Cat's out of the bag. Oh God! Yeah, oh, I man. say that oftentimes. So the only girl I would ever marry or go straight far is Taylor Swift. So and me and, and you. Oh yeah. Well, Jennifer was a giant Cher fan. I was going through her page, looking for some post or something that had to do when I was um when you know trying to deal with her cremation and trying to find some kind of information. And I had to pick through about a hundred pictures of Cher. <laughs> it was share, 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 share everywhere. Everything all from sunny and share all the way to now. Wow. I never saw anybody so obsessed with a celebrity in my life. I won't show you my phone then. <laughs> <laughs> well, last but definitely not least, like I always say, some of my favorite people, I got Pisces, and they have a lot to celebrate. So get inebriated during Mardi Gras. Enjoy the praise, because guess what y'all are going to get thrown? Vials of the sacrificial blood of your enemies. That's oh, like the best throw, isn't they it? They get the best of everything. Oh, you have a oh, you you do have a soft spot for fish. I saw you really enjoyed that Burger King fish sandwich. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pisces is my mama. <laughs> so y'all have a happy Mardi Gras with that, and we are going to head to commercial break, and commercial we will break. be back 
with Shaughnessy, who has a story about a very intriguing serial killer. Ooh. You want to give them the name, or you want to wait till we get them back? I'll just tell you, it's a piece of fucking shit. That's all you need to know, and then we're going into it. Well, I know that. I watched a, I watched a, a YouTube video about him last night, and he is... This, this, one thing we got to do before we got to warn everybody this story gets pretty, pretty, pretty gnarly. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Because it involves the murder of children yeah. and teenagers. And, so, and sexual assault yeah. of children. And we just yeah. talked about a lady who killed children, too. I mean, she killed. I mean, yeah, this is right, going to be movie, more yeah. intense, though. <laughs> I know, but it's an episode type, you know. We've done before because we've done Diane Down. The poor children. We've done Susan Smith. We've done um, uh, Gertrude Vanicheski. You know, we've done a lot of a, a lot of sick people who have treated children. Who was the guy who terrible. killed the children with the clown? Who, who oh, John Wayne Gacy. But it wasn't yeah. children. It, that's funny because I was the right age and demographic to have been one of John Wayne Gacy's pictures. Uh, the teenagers, right? Oh. They, 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 they were they were young gay men and, and gay teen, men. Uh, te- teens and in their early twenties. But yeah, the one Shaughnessy's bring to us after the break, this is actual children, children. And younger, much younger children. My mom is similar to you with it because she was the right age and demographic for this guy. And uh, I'll tell you how she ties into her case or his case at the end of it. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Chill. I got oh. chills. <laughs> so, oh. okay. So, we're going to break. Oh, we're going to break. Okay. We're going to be back. Okay. That's awesome record. As some of you may remember, and if you do to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I have made ha- Afghans, hats, scarves, and much more. More coming weekly. Great thing is, we sell holiday items all year round, so you don't have to wait till that special time of the year to order what you will like and enjoy. Thanks to our Roz, it's easy, interactive website to see what has been put on the internet. And after a long wait, finally, we got the Gentilly Lace line of candles live. We have wonderful scents for any household or just for the season. Also, be on the lookout for our Christmas and New Year's holiday candles. And guess what? Our seasonal candles will have something a little special in them. A little out of the ordinary, but... We have put charms in the candles from King Cake Babies for Mardi Gras to Champagne Flutes for New Year's. So look out for our website, BarryMarinosCraftCreations.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. All right, everybody. We, being recorded. we are back, and we have our. our, our this is going to be. This is a Shaughnessy episode, but she is going to tell. Yes, I am. You just got whoop whoop by 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 Drew over here. Oh yeah. Uh, we have, we are going. Um, <laughs> you see, y'all getting all tongue tied and everything. <laughs> we uh, Shaughnessy's got this one. She she she's got a case for us. It gets pretty gnarly, doesn't it? It's, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anybody, well, you, you have the disclaimer or something to say, right? Yeah. I was just going to say like, okay, this guy, um, 
he is infamous. Nobody really talks about him because he's not one of those serial killers that has an interesting backstory in any way or like what made him who he is. He's just a piece of shit. Um, and it does deal with, like we mentioned before, um, the rape and murder of children, but I'm not going to go too into that because I think it's more important to just highlight them and who they were instead of giving yeah. him that credit because he doesn't deserve it whatsoever. Mm. Um, so if we're ready, I will tell you all about Clifford Olson. Oh, that's his name, Clifford Olson. Clifford Olson, gross, Ooh, right? I know a little bit about it, but Drew and I and Philip. Uh, oh, 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 what about like the Olson? Twins. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not the old. He's not. You know, who's the old? We apologize. And for the twins. Ashley. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, no, we gotta stop making jokes. Come on, this is serious. It's a, yeah. It's Go a ahead. Okay. All right. So, I'll start by saying, this guy Clifford Olson, he is regarded as the beast of British Columbia because he was so horrible and gruesome um but you know when you hear about these canadian true crimes you hear like willie Pickton, and you hear of luca magnata nobody talks about yeah. clifford olsen which is crazy we just did luca magnata yeah a ago. so clifford robert olsen jr he was born on new year's day january 1st 1940 um wow. to clifford oh. senior and leona um he was a Capricorn, if that says anything. <laughs> is it January first, nineteen forty? Yeah, yeah. He was in the, um, the yeah, he was a New Year's baby. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he would actually went with thirty nine. my brain real fast. Is there, he's actually okay? So he'd actually be a rabbit year of the rabbit because he'd go rabbit, with the year okay. before because it would have been before the lunar New Year. Yeah, January first. Yeah. Okay, so he'd actually go with nineteen thirty nine. He's a Capricorn. So he'd be a Capricorn rabbit. Ooh, talk about Ooh. going down the rabbit hole. Continue, honestly, but that just gives some perspective. Yeah, and yeah, he was one of those babies that was like he got put in the newspaper because he was born on New Year. So there's that. Yeah, I saw that in the, uh, in the YouTube video. They even had a picture of him, the nurse holding yeah. him. Yeah, he and he's gross. Mm. Even as a, as a baby, he was gross. Um, yeah. So when people talk about Clifford Olson, he was considered to be like one of the most egotistical kids in his class like people picked him out of the crowd and they were like he is a narcissistic piece of shit um and he was super like stocky and short and kind of ugly so he got beat up tons when he was a kid and he lost every single fight because he was an absolute loser. I know I saw his picture he had a punchable face <laughs> he did <laughs> um and so he took up, um, I think when he was like 15, he started failing his grade like a lot. I think he failed the grade when you're, when you're 15, like three or four times, like it was insane. Um, and around this time, he also told his dad he was gonna like take up boxing so he could beat up all the kids that beat him up. Um, yeah. And then around all this, he dropped out of uh, Campbell Junior High School. Um, and he uh, got in trouble with the police right after he finally finished grade eight. Imagine like this fucking 15 year old trying to finish grade eight. So sad. Um, 
but when he dropped out of high school, it basically gave him the opportunity to just be a criminal for fun and as a career. Like he just decided to go off the chains and be the worst person ever. So in 1957, he got his first jail sentence. So at this point, he'd be 17. Um, he spent nine months behind bars at the New Haven Borstal Correctional Center for breaking and entering and theft. So he broke into someone's home and stole shit. But he escaped. And we'll learn that this was like really common for him. Are you showing them photos of him? I'm yeah. showing photos. If that's not a punchable face, I don't know what it is. So gross. So <laughs> gross. He looks like Pablo oh, and Escobar. And he gets, the more gross he gets. Yeah. He looks like Pablo Escobar, but not hot. Exactly. 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 Now, there's nothing hot about this guy. No. Except for the fact that he's in hell right now. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he escaped his first capture, um, which happened at least seven times over the next two decades. Like, he would get arrested and then just get out. Um, And yeah, there's like a lot of it's common of a lot of these people. Like I was, I was listening to one of the other podcasts about one of them um, that he just kept on getting out, you know, going to jail and getting out and going to jail and getting out. And finally, he they, they really didn't find catch him until he killed like twenty people, you know. And it happens yeah. a lot with these serial killers. They get in trouble for other things, but they get yeah. out away with it. We will get to it. We will get to it. And like, there's so much, so many details about his escapes, but honestly, like, who gives a shit? Because like, he's not a superhero. He just got lucky a bunch of times. So, yeah. So over the years, um, he accumulated over 83 convictions in total. So this included possession of stolen property, forgery, possession of firearms, false pretenses, parole violation, obviously, armed robbery, obstruction of justice, breaking and entering, theft, fraud, escape from lawful custody, and then, of course, as we're about to learn, rape and murder. Oh, my God. Wow. And how many accounts are just the rape and murder accounts? She's going to be getting that. Oh, you are going to get that? Yeah. Yeah. So when he was 25 so a few years have passed it's 1965 now um he was in prison uh and he starts going oh i feel sick i feel sick i think i'm like something's happening i don't feel well so three guards take him out of prison and they're taking him to the hospital and he uses this opportunity to escape once again um his escape lasted for a week Uh, The first night he slept under a bridge around Vancouver and then he somehow made it to Washington. He got over the border and he went into Washington um, and he was armed and this idiot was caught because he took two teenagers into the forest with a gun and started like menacing them and taunting them Um, and border security this was like near Blaine, Washington, and border security got reports of it and went out and found him, like torturing, not torturing, but like harassing these two kids. And they had to call in four different forces to come arrest him. Oh my God. A so, stupid criminal that can't get caught by stupid cops, huh? <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> 
So um, he gets thrown in jail for this. Obviously he escaped. They're like, you're going back. And then 25 years, is that right? No, 15 years pass. I cannot do math, as you can tell. Um, It's 1980 now. And September 7th, he is released the final time from jail before his killing start. Why they released him, I have absolutely no idea. Um, so November 17th, 1980, Clifford Olson finds his first victim. Um, her name is Christine Weller, and she's from Surrey, and she's 12 years old. Yeah. She was biking back to her motel where her and her parents were staying. Um, And initially, because of her background and her parents' background, the police don't treat her disappearance as suspicious, which, you know, is so common and it drives me insane. Um, Her body is found by a walker on Christmas Day showing signs of strangulation and belt. So, one later. Yeah. So, now people say that you know he he confessed to these killings in the end but we go from november 17th to april 16th 1981 now and i just don't believe that he stopped i just think we don't know about who was in between those two dates um but on april 16th uh, Clifford Olson abducts Colleen Dagno or Dagnault. Um, people say it two different ways, but she was 13 and yeah. she's also from Surrey. And she wouldn't talk to just anybody. She was very, very shy. Um, she was just over five feet tall and she had lovely long brown hair and she was very, very sweet. If you see her missing, pers- missing person's photo, she is like the cutest little girl ever. Um, but her body is found five months later. Um, oh, five months. So again, oh. the RCMP, we call them the RCMP up here. They're the cops. Um, they treat this again as a runaway case until her remains are found oh. after Olsen was arrested. So they don't even connect it until he's arrested later. So they're definitely part of the problem as well. Yeah. Yeah. I won't even get into that. I <laughs> Barry told me, he said, let's keep the politics to a minimum when you come on. And I was like, you got it. So I will bite my tongue on that. But yeah, the RCMP up really here. Politics, that's not, but that's just sad. No, there, there should be better. Hopefully that's nowadays we right try now. to do a better yeah. job yeah. than then. Yeah. Yeah. Continue on. I'm showing them Colleen's picture. They have a yeah. picture. She's so sweet. Oh. So then get this. That was April 16th with Colleen. April 22nd, not even a week later, Darren Johnsrud, who's 15, he had landed in Vancouver from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So that's two provinces over. Um, two days before this happened. He goes to the local mall um, and is hanging out and he disappears. His body was found less than two weeks later, severely beaten. Then we go to- so that was a young boy. No. That was a young no, boy, a young yeah. Boy now, were there, was that the first time it was a young boy or were there other young boys before that? That was the first boy. So we had two girls before that and then we had Darren come in. Okay. Okay, but that is, okay. I'm gonna let you continue, but that is, I might bring yeah. up a point. That's important. Okay. Yeah, go definitely. So in the midst of all this, 
Olsen has been dating uh, this lady named Joan Hale. And Joan and Clifford had a child. They named him Clifford the Third. Ugh. Um, And four days after their wedding, on May 19th, Olsen decides that, you know, he's happy, he's married, everything's great. But he's like, I'm just going to go kill someone else. Um, So he picks up Sandra Wolfsteiner. She's 16. um, And she was in the middle of hitching a ride uh, on the way to her boyfriend's house. Um, He pulled over and asked if she wanted a job cleaning windows. She accepted, got in the car, and she is then found in the nearby woods and she was struck in the head. Um, Now, I feel like it's really weird to mention this, but I think it's important. He also coined a name called the Rent-A-Car Killer um, that didn't really stick, but it was like a part of him because he would rent a different car for every one of his murders. Which is just so... So we rent a car we could be getting in a car that somebody used as a serial killer. Yeah. And it's like... We were back in that day, yeah. It's so calculated and evil. Like, like narcissistic. Well, it's it's been trying to cover his tracks probably more than anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, Yeah. that's the whole point. He's thinking you're renting a car, they'll detail the car after when it gets... Well, they were supposed to. When you rent a car, you bring it back... He'll do whatever, main cleaning, but he knew that they would do most of the deeper cleaning. Narcissistic attitude. Too. And most and most yeah. rental cars are pretty generic looking. They're usually white like or silver. You very like? Do you ever rent a red car? You never no. hear of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be that too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I so calculated. He's covering. Well, I think so too. But it could be the narcissism. I too. think it's part both. One of our cases, you remember the unholy matrimony that Patricia Giesick oh, yeah. used a rental car to kill this girl. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance to go back and listen, it's in the beginning. It's one of our earliest cases. It's called unholy matrimony. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard that one or not yet, but that's the one where those two guys picked out a girl for one of them to marry, put out, take out insurance and kill him. So you look like you've heard it before. Yeah. yeah. I'm your guys' biggest fan. Of course I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then we get to June 21st, and there's a sweet little 13-year-old girl named Ada Court, and Aww. she is babysitting her brother and her sister-in-law um, at their Coquitlam apartment, and it is the same family apartment complex where Clifford Olson Sr. and Leona, so Clifford Olson's mom and dad, worked as caretakers. Yeah. So Sunday morning, uh, Ada caught a bus to go meet her friend, um, and she just up and vanished. Um, There was no evidence to say that she could have ran away, but they classified it, again, as a runaway. Um, But her body is found two months later. Mm. So then we come to July 2nd, and not that any of the, like, victims are more important than the other but this one for some reason like pulls on my heartstrings so hard because it's so innocent but after he finishes breakfast of cornflakes nine-year-old simon partington of surrey so again another surrey victim he disappeared when he was riding his bike to a friend's home since the police stop you for a sec yeah was he the youngest of the victims he was 
Yeah. Okay. Continue on. I'm just keeping that in mind. I'm gonna make a point later on. But yeah, I'm just wondering about that. Yeah. So his his victims ranged from nine to eighteen. So Simon was the youngest victim so far, okay. and uh, of the whole thing. Um. So like I said, police had classified the other disappearances as runaway uh, runaways. Uh. But after this happened, they're like, he's nine years old. He was just out playing. They're like, okay, this kid is the victim of foul play. This one is. This is pretty insane um they don't need a brick wall fall on their heads do they <laughs> so given his young age and he was like he was super baby and like angel-like like he was just so precious looking um yeah and he was just over four feet tall um police were like we know for a fact this kid's been abducted he's just an easy target and it doesn't make any sense that he'd run away so that's when they start to see in the Vancouver area that there's somebody abducting children and they start to kind of piece it all together. So then July 9th, this is what, seven days later, um, Judy Kozma, she's 14, um, find, Clifford Olson finds her. He offers her drugs and liquor, gets her super, super wasted. And then he, of course, kills her. Um, her body was found on July 25th. By this time, because of Simon's case and everything surrounding that, they were trying to figure it out. Clifford was one of the suspects and he had become a suspect in this string that they were putting together. So despite the fact that the police were keeping him under surveillance, um, he just continued on murdering, which is insane. So on July 23rd, 15-year-old Raymond King disappears and his body's found two weeks later. Like, that's what I mean with this. It's just... Now, I remember something about Raymond King. Is he the one that he drove the nail into his skull to see what would happen and his kid still didn't die? So he bludgeoned him with a hammer or something. I have not that heard Raymond? that. But yeah, that's with the freeway killer. No, this is this is this he is did right. something weird like that too. He brought the kid into oh, the woods. Hell. I saw it on that YouTube video last night. Uh, and he brought the kid into the woods and nailed drove a nail into his head. Oh my god. He would give them beer. He would tell them that he was giving them beer and they it would yeah. have like a Xanax or something. Oh, you're just adding to what the point I was gonna make later on. But go go continue yeah. on, Shaughnessy. Well, sorry, we're almost Shaughnessy. no no no. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's yeah. insane. I see for me, it it's just so sad. And like these kids died. And I that just makes me sick to my stomach. It's not like he was like smart about it in any way. He was just a piece of shit that killed kids. You know what I mean? And that's what I was gonna say about this case. It's it's insane because it's just boom, boom, boom. Within a year, he just like kept killing and killing and killing and only now oh, are we yeah. getting to the point where like okay maybe he's a suspect Ugh. so yeah uh raymond king he's his body's found two weeks later um and then the same day that judy kosma's body was found on july 25th he finds sigrand ark who wasn't even like regarded as a victim until olsen was arrested later um, and he confessed to it, but she was a student from Germany, um, and she was about 18. Uh, she had been raped and bludgeoned, and then after he dumped her body, he went on to cash her traveler's checks two days later. 
The same day he goes to cash her checks, he finds and kills Terry Lynn Carson. Um, She was also, so what you were saying with the beer and, and the drugging, he had also done that on her, raped and strangled her. Um, then July 30th. So we're really picking up now. We've gone from the 25th to the 27th to the 30th. And he is just like, he has no cool down period whatsoever. Um, we come to a girl named Louise Mary Chartrand and she was waiting, um, either at a bus stop or hitchhiking. And she was on her way to her night job as a waitress and he picked her up started driving her in the complete wrong direction and drove her to an area near Whistler um, which is like a mountain region um, near Vancouver you guys have probably heard of it because they held a lot of the Olympic games there oh yeah yeah um so he killed her and buried her in a shallow grave up there um but hours before this because police were on his trail and put surveillance on him they had approached him about being an informant on murders in the area to try to like boost his ego a bit and they like didn't know where he went but they were like something must have happened Mm. so by this time police decide it's time to start moving in on him so they watch him on august 12th while he's trying to abduct two female hitchhikers um they obviously see him trying to pick these girls up. They pull him over. They arrest him. They search his car. And they found Judy Kozma's address book. The address book she didn't go anywhere without. So they put it all together very quickly. And they arrested him on the spot for Judy Kozma's murder. Mm. Boy, you you look up the, the term garbage person. <laughs> or you Google the term garbage person. This guy's picture's right out. Yeah. Exactly. Is really the definition of a garbage person. Exactly. So we're over all the heavy shit now. That's that's all the murders that we've been able to like fully tie to him. Now it starts to get just kind of laughable because he is so stupid and full of himself. Um, so he gets pulled in uh, and he's arrested for these, this murder. And he makes an agreement with the local authorities that have arrested him. He says that he will confess to 11 murders and show the RCMP where the bodies are buried that haven't been recovered yet. If in return, they agree to give his wife and his kid $10,000 for each victim. In what? The- Eleven? Fuck! Now you'd expect what? you'd expect the police to be like, "Fuck no, you're insane, you're delusional." But get this: don't tell them they gave it to him. In the end, his wife received over a hundred thousand Canadian dollars after Olson oh. cooperated with the RCMP. Oh my god, this is just adding to it. I I know I haven't told you what I'm thinking, but keep on. This is just adding to the theory I have. Okay. So, you know, he said, I want $10,000 for each body. Uh, They gave her $100,000. He called the 11th a freebie. I'm using air quotes right now. A freebie. We see you. What this is like one of those video. We see you. This is like one of those punch cards (laughs) for every 10 smoothies, you get the 11th smoothie free. What the hell? Yeah, what a fucking insane person, right? Uh, so yeah in january of 1982 he pleads uh, guilty to 11 counts of murder and is given as many concurrent life sentences 
that can be served in Canada's um, maximum security prisons. Um, he is put in the special handling unit at saint anne de plain uh, in Quebec, um, which houses like lots of Canada's most deranged and dangerous criminals. If wow. he doesn't creep you out enough, they uh-huh. ran a psychopathy t- scale test on him and he scored a 38 out of 40, which is one of the highest scores ever recorded. Oh. So. Wow. So I think I was right about the statement. He's He really is far down the rabbit hole. Every time, every time we do a case, like the last one we did like this was uh, William Bobbin. Mm. and every time we do a case I say you can't get worse than this okay unlike, and I'm always proven wrong <laughs> unlike William Bonin just listening to what Shaughnessy said this is what I'm feeling about Clifford Olson let's go this is a possible deranged theory as to what he was possibly doing okay I think that in the moment he was using whatever he, he had several motives but in the moment of the actual killing he was using each victim as a stand-in on a memory of how he may have been ridiculed by someone from his past i was just thinking the same yeah, because okay. yeah, he was bullied but yeah but when you take the bigger picture and she really confirmed it when she mentioned the little deal thing about the ten thousand dollars was to fuck over the system that caused him to be held back. So he saw like the Canadian government, the Canadian system, all of that stuff, the education system. He wanted to find, how can I screw them over? And in some weird way, he wanted to make sure he thought if he could make that deal, it could make him look good in the eyes of his wife and child. Well, that's the thing. We haven't even fucking gotten to him screwing the system over yet. Right, but that's what I'm getting. I know I'm gonna listen yeah. to you. But that's what I'm getting from him. That is what he was doing. It was some weird, deranged thing he was doing where these oh, killing was a stand-in for his past. A hundred percent. So yeah, you're I think you're completely right, especially because not only do people hate him, but he also stirred up a lot of controversy near the end of his life, which we're gonna get to in a second. But for now, we're in 1997. Um, So this is 15 years after he's been arrested. He has the gall, the fucking audacity to apply for parole under the faint hope clause in Canada, which allows prisoners to seek release after 15 years of a life sentence. He presents this to the parole board. He's like, here it is. This is why I should be released. Within within minutes, they dismiss it. They're like, absolutely not. Thank God. That person should (laughs) never have gotten out. No. He should have done all this in Texas where they would have given him the death penalty. (laughs) That just adds to the rabbit hole thing that he really thought he could use the faint hope clause after doing all that. He was scraping the walls of that rabbit hole trying to get out. Um, So... On July 18th, 2006, another few years have passed, he applies for parole again. This time it only takes 25 minutes for him to be rejected. In the midst of all this, he 
made the most bizarre and weird claims ever. One of them included that the United States government had granted him clemency because he provided information about the September 9-11 attacks. No! Yeah. No! That fucked hard! And that the so hearing- piggybacking on a tragedy? Yeah, he said that he had provided information about 9-11 and that the hearing had no jurisdiction, jurisdiction over him because of that. Oh, this is beyond a piece of garbage. Oh. This is the scum sludge at Mardi Gras, at the end of Mardi Gras. Is and he that, is the bottom layer of the scum sludge. All of that trash that that big old vacuum cleaner picks up on St. Charles Avenue after after Mardi Gras Day, after wow. the Rex Parade. I know you can't see my face. I'm off screen right now because I'm sitting next to Mary. I just can't. I know, me. and he's sitting next to me and he's yelling right in my ear. I'm sorry, Mary. That... <laughs> I know. Wow. I know because I feel the same way you do about this. Continue, Sean. Uh, this is too much. I know. So, okay, this is where this is where the controversy gets stirred up. So, um, in Canada, you're eligible to make a case for parole every two years, um, but he waited four. What a generous guy! Um, oh, and wow. but <laughs> is refused for is refused uh, for parole in November 2010 once again. In March of 2010, though, before he even does this, because again, you know, in the news, you hear, oh, the serial killer is going to apply for parole. Like everybody starts talking about him and people got fucking pissed because they found out. So in Canada, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but in Canada, when you turn 65, regardless of who you are, you are eligible to receive old age security, or we call that old age pension plan. Social security here, yeah. Yeah. So um, the the number fluctuates how much you get. My dad gets it because he's old and I love him, but he's old. Uh, but this is definitely more than he gets a month. Like the government doesn't really take care of their old people that well. But they took care of Clifford Olson. And monthly, Clifford Olson, since he had turned uh, 65, he's 70 now, he had been receiving 1100 and 67 or 69 dollars every month while in prison he was in prison what the hell he was also eligible to receive the guaranteed income supplement which was awarded to pensioners with low income no yeah but he didn't we don't know if he really claimed it or not but the money in question was being held in trust for him by his wife so Obviously, the um, Canadian tax pa- Taxpayers Federation, they're like pissed and they're like, we can't believe we let this slip under the radar. They go to Parliament and they try to pass Bill C-31, which means that pension is terminated for prisoners, as it should be, like prisoners like him. Yeah. Um, and then our Prime Minister at the time, Stephen Harper, um, they had had like 46,000 signatures on this petition to like make sure that Olson could no longer receive his benefits. Stephen Harper stepped in and said he needed government officials to look at the issue. Um, And then on June 1st, 2010, the government moved to terminate Olson's payments. They called uh, the fact that he had been getting them outrageous and offensive. It was outrageous. (laughs) But then in September of 2010, Clifford Olson sent one of his old age security checks to a Sun media reporter, Peter Worthington, 
with a note asking to forward the check to Stephen Harper's campaign for re-election. <coughs> Just as like a major fuck you. Like, I know you spoke out against me, but here I'm oh, going to support you anyways. Oh my God. Like, oh. just, he's so deranged. And then um, one of the best days of my mom's life, and we'll get into it in a second, uh, September um, 30th, 2011, at the age of 71, Clifford Olson uh, <coughs> dies from terminal cancer that he had been battling in a hospital in Laval, Quebec. And that's it. That's the end of his sad fucking life. So he is gone. Good he is good so gone. Whatever happened to his wife and his? He said he had, <coughs> he had a Excuse kid, me. right? Yeah. Do, are they still around? Did he? Did she divorce him? Did? So, I'm pretty sure she stayed with him, from what I what? know. Um, but she claims that she never saw anything of his blood money that he received, um, even though the courts had decided that she could keep the $100,000 that she had gotten from all that. Um, and, like, she didn't know that he was doing this stuff when they were married. Like, There are some that believe no. she was in on it from what I've heard and from what I've seen. Okay, and what I see here... Apparently. Well, she wasn't in on it. She was complicit. Yeah. yeah. That she either was turned a blind eye or she was involved with it. That's, I've heard that. that I mean, she had to know. And then it's amazing that. Well, so she hasn't even formally just even apologized. I mean, I understand if she may have spent the money already, whatever, but she's never formally apologized. And not from what I can see. I see a note here. Somebody said that they finalized their divorce in March of 1985. But I didn't see that anywhere else. So that might be some digging I have to do later. But right. I do know that before, for 21 years, she had been in a super abusive relationship already. Um, so, you know, mm. there's a lot of trauma there. But Yeah, she was one of these women that, that, that probably gets attractive to abusive men. She, that yeah. she attracts them. And we, and we, uh, and, and, and some level, I mean, not, not we should give her too much, but I guess in a sense, she was, may have been a victim herself. In a yeah. Way. yeah. So, Possibly. We never heard anything about the kid, like, growing up, you know, saying anything. I like, think, I think it's one of those things where they tried to keep the kid's name pretty out of the spotlight. Right. He, yeah. he wasn't asked to, he didn't ask to be the, the son of him. Right. Um, but I do yeah. know about a week before uh, he died, his wife went on the record saying, like, when they were like, Clifford Olson's gonna die, he's, he has cancer, he's not doing well. And she went on the feelings, or she went on the record saying, uh, I don't have any feelings towards him at all. So, yeah. Okay. So she really had, yeah. So she, I don't think, okay. So I think, I think, that I she, don't believe that she had, I think, I think, yeah, yeah. The court of public opinion should give her some yeah, yeah. just leave her alone you know let her let her live a life yeah She's um, enough with him anyway. and who knows she might have been lied to about the money from yeah. whatever he might have found a way to lie to her or something yeah. oh no 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 she completely knew what the money was from oh she did know oh yeah really? at the time she knew too oh yeah it was big news it was really big news. oh okay but she took that money huh <laughs> she took the money wow yeah. she had the kid she needed it i guess yeah, they, their kid was an infant. Clifford the Third was an infant at the time, so. Um, and maybe she, maybe she thought she had no other route. So I'm not gonna fault her. She did not actually kill the guy. So yeah. I'm not, 
Yeah, there was some maybe some complicitness, but I can't sit there and fault her. Yeah. Mo- yeah. All the fault really falls with him. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes with these cases, the, the wife sometimes never knows. Like, there's been times the wife doesn't know. Yeah. Well, yeah sometimes it, they do. Sometimes they do. But sometimes yeah. they, they turn a blind eye, but sometimes they don't. I'm Italian. And I'm going to tell you, Italians know how to hide everything from the women. They have women. Oh, they think they, they are. But no, my mom thought that my uncles were, were these gods, and she didn't know that they were nothing but thugs. Oh, <laughs> it's true. So, so uh, sorry, I thought you were done. Oops. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, I was I'm just going to say, um, so that's like the public eye, and that's everything we knew about Clifford. Well, not everything, but the disgusting surface level of what we knew of him. But oh. I have a bit of a personal connection um, through my beautiful yes, mama. Yes, I want to hear this. So Clifford Olson and his family, they settled, um, they, or they were living near a place called the Pacific National Exhibition, um, or the p e that's what I call it. Um, but it's basically this big, huge fair uh, in burnaby-ish area but vancouver as most people would know it um they lived there i think up until like after the war and they relocated after that because his dad was a veteran um but he knew the area quite well obviously and in the late 70s and early 80s my mom was a concession girl at the peony so every like weekend she would go to the she'd catch the bus go to the peony work her shifts and then catch the bus go home again she was like 19 at the time um she was broke she didn't have a car whatever so she gets off work one night and around about 11 p.m she sat at a bus stop and at the time like now the highway that she was on is super busy and everybody uses it but at the time it was like a regular street um she was waiting for the third bus to go home on. Everything was closed. It was extremely dark. It's the fucking 70s. There's not that much around. Um, she was sitting there and this van pulls up. Um, it, she said it looked like like a construction van kind of. And he started like he rolled down the window and yelled something at her and she couldn't make out what he was saying. So she approached the window to try to understand what he was saying. But she was like super apprehensive because she had a really weird vibe. Um, he asked where she was going and said he would give her a ride and she said his tone was like pretty aggressive and she got like really bad vibes which made her nervous so she just said I'm fine I'm waiting for the bus it's almost here I take it every night and he started demanding that she got into the passenger seat and my mom being the absolute like you you can tell where I get my attitude from she goes no leave me the fuck alone um (laughs) yes ma'am He yells back to her and goes, get in the fucking van. And he opened his driver's door and started exiting the car. And my mom was like, what do I do? There's nothing around. And then she looked up the road and there was this gas station that was closed because it's 11 o'clock. But she saw kind of tucked in behind the gas station. um, There was a police car sitting there. And my mom booked it across the street ran way up and knock 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 on the cop's window and goes that guy's trying to get me in his car I don't know what to do please help and the cop said get in my car the guy in the van saw this 
gets back in his van, drives away, and instead of going after the van, the cop just takes my mom home. He's like, we need to get you home safe. (sighs) Years later, um, I'm trying to remember what year it was. What year was he arrested? 81? Did we say 81? 81 was it? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, a year later, my mom is in the kitchen with her parents watching TV. And they go, the beast of British Columbia has been captured. Clifford Olson is now behind bars after trying to abduct two women. And my mom was sitting there and just went like completely white. And she said to her mom, that's the guy that tried to fucking take me. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Oh, my God, that is so creepy. That's heavy. Yeah. That is so creepy. So my mom, my mom didn't get murdered. Thank God I'm here now, but. She could have like it. So, so really you confirmed the projection. Your mom's a badass. Because your mom was a badass. The second she went after him. See, he was trying to play nice, pretending like he's going to give a ride and do all that. When she got, when she got, you know, back at him and went badass on him. That's when he started getting ugly back because he knew he was losing the control. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it just like, it sends chills up my spine every time I think about it. Cause I'm oh. like the timeline that that follows, she would have been his first victim or the first that we know about. And you wouldn't have been here with us. if, if No. no. I'd have to do a podcast by myself with these two. Complete rewrite of history. But yeah, that's the case of the Beast of British Columbia, Clifford Olson. That is really, that's intense. Wow. Whoa. It's very heavy. Oh, Lord. We need a palate cleanser after that. I got to go home and like watch episodes of I Love Lucy or something. (laughs) (laughs) I need some, yeah, I need some comedy. Now, before I, um, I, before I, uh, I give the social media, I have a little correction from the last episode, my solo episode, when Philip couldn't do the show and I had to do black, I had to review Blackenstein by myself. I was plugging, I, I gave a shout out to a show that's actually called Murder She Told. And I kept on calling it Murder She Said. But Kristen Seavey, the host of that, was very, very gracious about it. She says, That's okay, honey. Things can happen. <laughs> But Kristen, I am sorry. I'm giving you, you're correct. It's Murder She Told. You ever heard of Murder She Told? It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good podcast. I feel like I've seen it in my in my searching of all the all the uh podcasts I well, listen there's to. There's two of them that I've found. Actually, they were both recommended by Ash and Lane and the Morby Girls. And uh, one of them is Murder She She Said, Murder She Told, Murder She Said. <laughs> and the other one is uh, Generation Y, which is it's WHY. That's a pretty good one too. They're yeah. not as banterish and they're not as they don't have any lighthearted parts like we do. I can't say no. that we completely lighthearted because after that story was about as as dark as you can get. But I I, and we've done some dark stuff. We, we yeah. we've done William Bonin. We've done Answer with that Frank. We've done Madame Lalaure just by herself. You did an episode of Madame on Madame Lalaure and uh, Don't Look Under the Bed, huh? I did because I got to visit her house when I was in New Orleans. I used to be a tour guide in the quarter, and I used to go outside her house all the time, telling her story. And um, you also 
we're going to do Martha Beck and Ray Fernandez, I remember. And we and I think we kind of beat you too at that time. So one day, I want to make it up to you. Uh, I want to revisit that case and let you do it next time, you re- whenever you're ready, okay? Well, that was the little yeah. Yeah. Um, you better, wait, wait, if you do it, you better have the witness sampler. Yeah, yeah, I saw the movie, the, um, the, the, uh, we were just joking, the movie The Honeymoon Killers. It's on HBO Max. Yep. And it, it, every uh, scene, she's eating out of, she's testing things out of the Whitman sampler. And I purposely made sure to have a Whitman sampler and I was eating. And do you remember who played her best friend? It was Doris Roberts, Marie Barone herself. Yes. <laughs> and I'll just show you real quick. Um, for some reason, every time I get a new phone, these are the only photos that import. But this is the photo I took of the That's a Lillare house. Yeah. When I was there. I know that house well. Yeah. <laughs> I, for five years, I did tours outside that house. And I there's me. There's me having a virgin daiquiri. I'll send you that photo to put on Twitter. Oh, yeah, the so Cody funny. Marriott. Oh, <laughs> little, little baby Shaughnessy. Baby Shaughnessy. Well, you know, you're going to be coming back sometime pretty soon. Oh, 100%. And that's what we're we'll, Huh? 100%. And I'm going to show my boobs to everybody. <laughs> well, it's Mardi Gras now. You know, we should that now. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Come you'll have another, you'll need a Mac truck of uh, a uh, U-Haul it for all We're all beats. gonna be killing our boobs. Heck yeah. Oh, I have some healthy boobs. So. <laughs> you know, when my mom was first getting sick and going through her dementia thing, she would say things that she normally wouldn't have said when she was in her right mind. And I went there to a house to visit one time and she looked at me and she goes, You know, if, a, if you were a woman, you'd have really big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Sophia Petrillo, huh? <laughs> So anyway, you can follow us on social media at Ace Others. Uh, um, our uh, Facebook page is the official page for Open Shutters of Creepy Podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. Uh, we're e- did I, did I leave anything out? No, I email. We have two emails because we had split into a movie podcast, which you and I might still revive that one day. I think I'm going to call it Open Shutters Presents Hooray for Hollywood. That's what I was thinking about calling it. You like that. He didn't like it. <laughs> anyway, we have um, we also have two email addresses. One of them is openshothers at yahoo.com, which is where you could send the, the files, okay, when you fit through with them. And the other one is um, movieshothers at aol.com. So I am so happy to have both of you with us. Is this is just so much fun? This is the most fun we have had. More fun than our other host, <laughs> the other two hosts. I, I don't mean to be throwing shade at our other two. I'll hosts. throw shade for you. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's sober and yeah. You know, like. So yourself. until next time, next week we're doing. Um, yeah, Drew's going to do a movie review. We, we, he's going to be comparing to two versions of Blight Spirit. Have you seen Blight Spirit? No. There's a 1945 version and there's a 2010. 19. 19 2019. 20. 20. 20. 2020. Yeah, the 2010 one. Who's in that one? Um, Judy Dench. Rex Harrison's Rex. in the 2000. Oh, in the 1945. Oh, sorry. Rex the 2019 one has Judy Dench. Yeah. So until oh, next week, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. But Unless. Long... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no, it's your turn. <laughs> Yes, sir.
Don't fall. Don't fall out the window. <laughs> Unless you're fucking Clifford Olson. Fall into a twitching hole. Yeah, Clifford Olson falls into a twitching yeah. hole. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving all that. That's too much fun to edit out. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, and we enjoy it. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy Mardi Gras.